The following podcast is a presentation of the PTB Media Network. What's up, Benfica Nation? Welcome to episode 78 of Mr. Benfica. I am your host, the Mr. Mike Agustinho, back with you again for another episode. Yeah, you heard from me just yesterday, that's right. But today we're going to pick up right where we left off. So today is part two of this trilogy covering Benfica's three UEFA Youth League matches played this week uh, in the Elite Eight of the UEFA Youth League. All right, so this is part two. So today we're going to talk about the semifinals between Benfica and Ajax. U19s, of course, UEFA Youth League. So without much further ado, I'm not going to waste any more time. Like I said, you heard from me yesterday. So I'm going to take a quick break just to pay a quick bill. And on the other side, you'll have Reconquista. And after that, the Europa, I'm sorry, the UEFA Youth League uh, Anthem. And then we'll get right into the match. It's Benfica versus Ajax U19 semifinals of the 2019-2020 UEFA Youth League. Welcome back to episode 78 of Mr. Benfica. Of course, we're still talking UEFA Youth League. And don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Benfica Mr. And on Instagram at Mr. Benfica. Or to check out the Facebook page, www.facebook.com forward slash Mr. Benfica. And also follow the PTB Media page if you're not already. Follow and subscribe. All right, that's at 
PTB underscore media and follow the PTB media network wherever you get your podcasts. I got a lot of content coming out over there and um, I would love for everybody to check it out when you get a chance. Thank you very much, everybody. And let's get into this match now. It is Saturday, August the 22nd, still in Neon, Switzerland. Uh, at the Colveroy Stadium, and I, it's at least at the complex. I'm. This does not look like the same the same pitch we played on in the quarterfinals. Uh, the main stand in that match was a grassy hill, and now there is a cement stand there. So I'm assuming it's within the same complex, obviously, but I believe it is a different pitch, and it is the stadium pitch where the local team plays. Uh, Ajax come out in a 4-3-3, coached by former. Holland International World Cup finalist central defender Johnny Haitanga. And in goal, they have Calvin Ratzi. They have four across the back, as we said. Steven Vandersloot, Nerisho Kassan Wurgo, Nordan Musampa, and Terence Douglas make up the four in the back. Enric Lansana, Yuri Rieger, and Quinton Timber make up the three in midfield, while are Johnny, Martha, Christian Rasmussen, and Sanchez Hansen make up the three attackers. Benfica uh, line up once again in a 4-3-3 as they did in the quarterfinals. Of course, they're coached by Luis Castro. And in goal, once again, it's the Japan Youth International, Leo Kutumbo. Sorry, Kokumbo. The four across the back. Philippe Cruz is in at right back. That's a change from the first match. That's because João Ferreira has moved to left back. And in the middle, you have Tomás Araújo in for the injured. Uh, the injured Pedro Alvaro and Moratu is the other central defender. Three in midfield. Tiago Dantes, Enrique Jocu, and Paulo Bernardo. Up front, the trio of attack. Tiago Araujo, he had played left back in the last match. He's playing as the right forward in this one. Uh, the central striker is Gonzalo Ramos. And Umaru Imbalo is the left-sided forward. You'll notice Enrique Araujo, goal scorer in the quarterfinal, dropped to the bench for this one. Benfica are in their traditional red shirt, white shorts, while... Ajax are in their change kit, sky blue tops with navy shorts. The referee is from Finland. It's Antti Munuka and his his assistants, Juka Honkanen and Antti Kimpanen, are also of Finland. Ajax kicks off and gets the match underway. And this is Ajax's first appearance at the semifinal stage of the UEFA Youth League Ajax win. Uh, excuse me, Ajax with a bad giveaway right off the bat, second minute deep in their own, in their own defensive third. Imbalo collects the ball, puts it onto his left foot, cuts in, and fires it to the far post, forcing a nice save from Calvin Razzi right off of the bat. Benfica gets started fast. They come out of the blocks sprinting in this one, and Benfica implements a high line of confrontation. And they have pressed Ajax's backline effectively uh, in the first six, seven, eight minutes, uh, creating some chances for themselves and preventing Ajax from building up out of the back the way they like to, really preventing them from getting a lot of possession and moving the ball up the pitch slowly. Befica forcing them to play much quicker and forcing a lot of mistakes. In the process, in the eighth minute, it is Thiago Araujo with an out with an in-swinging corner to the far post. He finds Tomaj Araujo, whose header beats the goalkeeper, but it is cleared off the line by Vandersloot. Nearly uh, a first goal for Benfica as the central defender Tomaj Araujo nearly puts Benfica ahead in the eighth minute. Through the first 15 minutes, it is all Benfica in this match. They are really applying high pressure. They're moving the ball quickly. The passes are crisp. The movements are are very sharp. And in the 18th minute, nice combination play down the right flank between Philippe Cruz and Umaro Imbalo. Creates a dangerous opportunity on the flank, but Musampa is there to put it out out of the touchline and um, avert a danger for the time being for his side. 
20th minute and now it's Paulo it's Paulo Bernardo and Imbalo on a give and go leads to an in-swinging cross that is just a hair too high for Gonzalo Ramos to get onto with a header 24th minute and we get the first opportunity in a rare counterattack for Ajax and it is Hansen who is in down the left uh, center channel and he fires for the far post but his effort is wide 26th minute, and Ajax captain Lansania uh, goes into the referee's book for a bad foul on Imbalo. At the 30-minute mark, I I did note here that it is beginning to become evident that the players are feeling the warm temperatures. It was 25 degrees Celsius, which is about 77 degrees Fahrenheit um, for this match, which was played at roughly... uh, just after noon, it was played at 2 p.m. local time in Switzerland, or 3 p.m., excuse me, in Switzerland, Central European Standard Time. And um, the heat seemed to be getting to him, even though for some of us in some parts of the world, we we consider that a cool temperature to play in, depending what time of, of year we play the game. But clearly um, that, coupled with the short rest from the quarterfinals, only four days for the two teams to recover, and you can see that in the space of a few minutes, the pace of the match has has visibly slowed after those that first quarter of hour that came out flying. Uh, the match has slowed into a more a more um, settling pace. But from minutes thirty to forty, Ajax now enjoy their best phase, their best portion of the match thus far as they start to stabilize a bit. They hold off Benfica from having any more dangerous opportunities, and they get a few shots on goal themselves. Uh, or I shouldn't say on goal, but they get a few shots towards goal themselves. The Dutch side have only lost once in this UEFA Youth League all season. That was back in the group stage at home to Chelsea. We move to the 39th minute, and it's Terence Douglas cutting down Thiago Dantes hard. And Umaru Imbalo takes exception to that. And he is quickly in the face of the Dutch U18 international. Tempers flare. Words and shoves are exchanged. But everyone escapes without going in to the Finnish referee's uh, a book with any cautions on, on this uh, sequence of events, which is somewhat comical. But in the 41st, it's Benfica with fantastic ball circulation here. Seeming like everyone on... Everyone on the pitch got a touch on this ball before. João Freira played Umaru in on a diagonal. And the skilled winger beats the overcommitting Musampa and squares the ball onto the late arriving João Freira. But his first touch left-footed effort is way over the bar. We then get a replay of this, this effort that goes way over the bar. And while the replay is playing, we miss just about everything. But just as... As the screen turns back to live, we had this. And it is Thiago Araújo with the left-footed 
bomb, an absolute missile into the top corner, putting Benfica ahead 1-0 in the 42nd minute. And a few moments later, we get to see a replay of what happened. And once again, Benfica's high press uh, at the right time. It wasn't just press. They didn't just press all game, all game. They pick and chose when uh, to press and when to apply the high pressure. And they force another mistake as the Ajax backline lose another ball by passing it directly to Joku. Joku collects it, picks up his head real quickly, finds Thiago Arujo. Arujo turns and fires with his left foot, doesn't even think twice about it. The ball is in the back of the net, and after seeing it live, like I said, we see what happens there, and it's it's... A uh, beautiful goal, and it just—it's a no-nonsense goal, which I like to see. We don't see a lot of that in football these days. People don't like to 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 shoot. It's like every goal that the clubs want to score is a tap-in, or it's it's walked into the box, or it's cutting in onto your inside foot. There's an old-fashioned turn onto his outside foot, <laughs> onto his—you know—here's a player playing on on um, the same side as his preferred foot. And he just bends it up and around and buries it in the top corner. Beautiful, beautiful goal from Thiago Araujo. A few minutes before, uh, a few minutes later, just before the half at 45 plus one. However, Paulo Bernardo loses his discipline, gets a needless yellow card, and now because he had a needless yellow card in the quarterfinal, if you remember, where he decided he was frustrated, so he just jumped into the back. Of his opponent who was already in the air. Knocking his opponent essentially on his face. And he got a yellow card for that. Now he picks up another one. That means Paulo Bernardo. One of our most important midfield players. Misses the final. And uh, this would come back to hurt us as you must know by now. Um, And this really annoys me. And this is something that I just don't understand how clubs and how managers, coaches... Don't prepare players better to not waste yellow cards in tournaments. You're going in in the quarterfinal stage. You have one week to play three matches. You're going to get tired playing three matches in seven days. And you may be forced to commit a foul, which will land you a yellow card. What that means is you cannot waste yellow cards by A, taking your shirt off, B, you know, wasting time. And, uh, you know, or in his case, just hitting somebody for no reason like he did in the quarterfinal. Now he finds himself in a tackle he didn't have to make, but he was late. Goes in the book, and now Paulo Bernardo out of the final because of that. And with that, the referee blows his whistle for halftime. And I'm going to take a quick break. And on the other side, we'll get into the second half of this Benfica Ajax U19 UEFA Youth League semifinal. This is Mr. Benfica. I am your host, of course, the Mr. Mike Agustinu. And you know where to find my social media at this point. Also, if you want to contact me via email, feel free to send questions, comments, concerns, any kind of feedback you want to me at the Mr. Benfica at gmail.com. We'll be right back with the second half. And on to the second half. So, Benfica comes out of the locker room, of course. Ahead, one goal to nil. And Gonzalo Ramos kicks off. And we start the second half. And Benfica start the second half right where they left off. On the right foot. The high press still giving Ajax defenders all kinds of difficulty. And Ajax, I'm I'm seeing, is not adjusting at all. And I'm I'm a little disappointed in Haitanga's coaching here. Um... When something's not working, I don't understand why coaches and why why teams and players continue to try to do the same thing over and over. You need to have more versatility. And I know 
especially here at the U19 level, a lot of this is the focus is on development and not results. And yes, yeah, that's all good and, and dandy, but learning to win matches is also part of development, okay? And when something is not working, players need to learn to be able to think and to be able to adjust and realize, hey, this isn't working. we got to find another way. But Ajax continue to try to pass out of the back. This is a quarterfinal, a European quarterfinal, for crying out loud. They're not playing in, in, in round 22 out of, out of 34 in the Dutch league. They're playing in a European quarterfinal, and they're continuing to try to play out of the back, short passing. Mifika, when they want to, are pressing and causing all kinds of mistakes. And... Just no adjustment. I don't know if it's because they can't play any other way. If that's the case, that's a that's a black mark on the coaching staff and on the philosophy of the club. You need to be able to change the way you play when the situation calls for it. And that's a and to be fair, that's a that's a criticism you've hear you've heard me make of Benfica of the first team. Never mind the youth teams, but I I see it when I see all of the youth teams play, and it's and it's it's overdone in my opinion. The short play the. The short goal kicks, the short roll, you know, the goalkeeper's always rolling the ball short. And while that's fine to play that way and, you know, it's fine to learn to, to play that way and to control the ball, eventually you run into a team that does not let you play that way, even if you're Benfica, you know, or in this case Ajax. And you have to be more versatile. In my opinion, you have to be able to change when things aren't working. Players need to know how to play more than one style of play. You can't just play tiki-taka and have a good career. I'm sorry because there's only so many teams in the world and it's really so few teams in the world that can play that way all the time. And it's debatable whether there's anyone in the world right now that can play that way all the time. We just watched the Champions League a week ago unfold and we saw what happened when teams cannot adjust to an opponent that is prepared to play against short passing, you know, ball movement, possession, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> friend of mine said today that he heard that Barcelona are still possessing the ball. <laughs> they're still they have they're they've gone home they've flown from from Lisbon back to Barcelona and they still have possession of the ball they're still passing to each other a week later but you know what they still lost sometimes you have to change it up in the 53rd minute good um, good triangulation of the ball here for Benfica um, as as they connect the passes and they put Paulo Bernardo in good position to shoot from 22 meters, but his shot is just high over the bar. That's good use of possession because I say possession needs context. And when possession is used in dangerous territory, it opens up shots. That's a good use of possession. When possession is used in your own half to go from the fullback to the halfback, from the fullback to the halfback, you're not going anywhere. The other team will be content to let you, quote-unquote, possess all match. The game starts to even out now as we hit the 55-minute mark. And for the next 10 minutes, it's a, it's an even match with Benfica never really in doubt, never really in danger of losing the lead. But Ajax stabilizing again as they did for, for a portion of the first half and holding off, uh, keeping Benfica further away from their goal. And again, controlling not the possession. Benfica possessed all game. They they seem to be the only team to have the ball for large stretches. But Ajax in this phase at least uh, forced Benfica to possess further away from the goal. But in the 66th, it's Imbalo again. Now he cuts in and has a left-footed effort. Hook wide. But just before that, we had substitution. So I will go over those. All right. And it was in the 60th minute, and it is Ajax making three changes. Okay, Hildenson is in for Rieger. Idiho is in for Martha, and Pinas is in for Rasmussen. Three changes for Ajax as they're trying to, to change their, their shape or their outlook a little bit perhaps, trying to get themselves into the match, looking for an equalizer. And in the 66, like we said, Imbalo nearly made it 2-0, but he just hooked his shot a little too much. In the 70th, it's Benfica's turn to go to the bench. So um, Luis Castro will bring in Luis Lopes, better known as Luis Duke. 
He replaces Thiago Araujo, and that was in the 70th minute. And he changes he changes it up just a little bit. He's a good player too, Luis Duke. He's he's uh, a good attacking player. Has good explosive moves. He has a nice first first step. He can beat you on the dribble. And I really liked what I saw from him throughout this this competition. In the 73rd minute, you get another substitution, and this it's once again Ajax. Johnny Haitinga calls on a Deval. He replaces Lansana. And Benfica start to pick up steam here. And we move to the seventh. <laughs> That's Umaru Imbalo with the left-footed volley off of the clearance from Casanrijo. And it takes a slight deflection off a Ajax, an Ajax defender, but not a heavy deflection, just a slight one. And the ball has eyes and finds its way into the back of the goal. And Imbalo has doubled Benfica's lead. And now Benfica lead 2-0 with a quarter of an hour to play. And he he hits this ball from the top of the penalty area, or as Elder Conduto put it, Muntulonj, very far is the translation for that. It was not really very far at all, but it is it is the way that it was uh it was told if you're just listening to the audio from BTV. And the ball has eyes, like I said, and it finds its way into the back of the goal. Huge goal from the promising young winger who is having a phenomenal tournament to this point after a long eight-month layoff due to injury. And you can tell Imbalo is a, he, he needs a big season coming up. He needs to stay healthy and he needs to put in a full season and to not be sidelined with any more injuries. And um, I think that's if he can put in a full season on the B team, play 34 matches, 30 to 34 matches, you know, and get 90 minutes in most of those matches and really get his his his, his tempo and his routines down and, and train every day all season. I think this player is on the cusp of being something very special and he has an outside chance of maybe being in the first team someday. Okay. A lot of people watch this and don't understand how far these players are actually are from the first team. They are the U19s. They are not some of them play in the B team, but this U19 is three levels essentially from the first team. There's still the under 23s and the B team ahead of them, okay? Yes, a lot of them have experience at those levels, but you have to become a day in my opinion a day in day out starter in those levels. You have to become a consistent player in those levels before you can be considered to be you know any type of real investment and really any type of um, prospect for the first team okay and a lot of times people think that it's it's a smaller jump than it is from the UEFA youth league or even the B team to the first team is a huge jump and I don't think most players should make that jump directly. Most players should be loaned to a team somewhere in between those two levels to to work their way to the first team. Uh, you know, there's a lot of good players in this Benfica setup. There's a lot of good players that have come through, but only a select few can be in the first team. We can't have 40 or 50 first team players, and we're going to have a, a good class of graduates every season out of this academy. Um, some obviously some years are going to be much stronger than others, but every year there's good players that are going to have good careers. But to get to the first team at Sportlich Benfica is a very, very tall order. And I think that this Umaru Imbalo really has a shot if he can stay healthy, if he can get his, his minutes in this season at 19 years old next year. 
Perhaps he can be in the preseason and really get his first taste of first-team football. He'd probably have to go. My plan for him would be to have a good B-team season this year, go on loan next season in the first division or abroad, but preferably in the first division, to a team where he will be able to attack and play his game, not to a team that's going to play with 11 behind the ball all, all match all season, which we have a bad habit of loaning young players to teams like that, a la, you know, Vitoria Stubal in the past, or uh, Sportive das Aves, whoever. Teams who do not really get any attack going, and their whole whole uh, system of play is based on not allowing goals. So we have to find the right loans for these players if we really want to nurture them into the first team. But a very, very important goal here for Umaru Imbalo. 77th minute, and before Ajax even know what happened, they concede a penalty. That's right, it is Terrence Douglas cutting down Luis Duke with a nasty, nasty sliding challenge at once. Luis Duke used a beautiful turn move to, to in the process of spinning around Terrence Douglas, Luis Duke pl- played the ball through Douglas's legs, went into the area, and Douglas cut him down. And that sets up a penalty kick for Tiago Dantas, the captain. Oportunidade para Tiago Dantas marcar. Tem quatro gols, três deles de grande penalidade na competição. O Benfica pode chegar ao 3-0 e sentenciar esta partida. Garantindo a presença na final de terça-feira, às 5 da tarde, com transmissão BTV da UEFA Youth League. Geralmente executa bem, mas convém recordar, frente ao Liverpool desperdiçou um lance de grande penalidade. Frente a frente com Calvin Ratzen, o especialista nos penaltis, Dan Reisiger, que entrou para defender os penaltis frente ao Atlético Madrid nos oitavos, está no banco. Dantas, 20 anos, frente a frente, aliás 19 anos, fará 20 na véspera de Natal. No frente a frente com Calvin Ratzen, Dantas, o 10 do Benfica, 4 gols da prova. Apitou o árbitro da partida, partiu Dantas, bateu, está lá dentro! Gol! Benfica! 3-0, Tiago Dantas! Aí está a equipa do Benfica a caminho da final da UEFA Youthly. Tiago Dantas converts the penalty to put Ajax out of reach for this one. It's 3-0 to Benfica. 3-0 to the good guys, and the final is at hand. You can now see the, the path leading straight to the final. Uh, at this time, we didn't know who the opponent would be, as Real Madrid and uh, Red Bull Salzburg were yet to meet. But as we know, it will be Real Madrid that will be awaiting us in the final. And Duntage does a very good job here. He's confident, steps up, shoots to his right, the Keeper goes the other way. It's 3-0. And Benfica now, all they have to do is see out this result. A very passionate celebration by Dantas and by his teammates. As they now can feel their place in the final. And that would be it for the captain, Tiago Dantas. After converting this penalty kick as Luis Castro would bring on Enrique Araujo. And he would replace Tiago Dantas. Also, Pedro would come in and replace Umaro Imbalo. And Benfica will see this out, like I said. In the 82nd, you get a yellow card to Masampa for a, for a foul against Enrique Araujo. Ajax will make another substitution in the 82nd minute. Artsen will replace Douglas. Douglas excuse me, And Again, Benfica controlling play, controlling tempo, not allowing Ajax to really get anything going. And we get a foul against Pedro in the 85th minute, fouling Quinton Timber. Pedro goes in the referee's book. And Deval takes the free kick, and it is cleared by uh, by Benfica. Comes back to Deval, who has his own attempt at goal. It's saved by Kokubu. And Luis Castro will make a double substitution in the 87th minute. In comes Martin Neto, one of the younger players in the squad. And he replaces Gonzalo Ramos. No goals in this one for the for the striker. Um, but not a bad performance. Again, it's just everything else seemed to be going so well for Benfica that they I don't think they set up Gonzalo Ramos in a scoring position all match. 
as Rafael Brito will also come on and replace João Freira. That is also in the 87th. In the 89th, Enrique Joku will be booked for a foul against Hansen. The referee shows, or I should say the fourth official puts up his placard for three minutes of stoppage time. Enrique Araujo has an attempt at goal in the 90th plus one, but it is blocked, goes out for a corner. Corner is delivered by Philippe Cruz, but a foul is called on Pedro for um, fouling Idejo inside the box at that point. Um, I actually get one more opportunity as Hansen would have a shot but he misses the target. And the referee from Finland will blow his whistle three times for full time at 90 plus four. And the final result is Benfica winning 3-0 over Ajax and moving on to the final. Where, of course, I, we just, you know, um, we just said they will meet Real Madrid in the final. Now, some statistics to close this out, as we saw it on our screen on BTV. Uh, these are courtesy of UEFA, and really, they don't give us much in terms of statistics for this competition. You don't get much of the analytics at this level. They don't even tell us the possession numbers that you know TV <laughs> coverage loves to, to, to give. So these are the only stats given by FIFA in excuse me by UEFA at UEFA.com as well. And it is shots on target, Benfica 6, IX 2. Total attempts, Befica 16, IX 7. Corners in this one, Befica with nine corners to IX is one. Befica were offside four times to IX is two. While Befica committed 14 fouls, IX committed 11. And both teams were booked three times, had three bookings, uh, three players booked. So the big one was, of course, um, it was, of course, Paul Bernardo being booked and missing the final. That ends up being the story of the the negative, if you will, to take from this match. One of the better matches I've ever seen Befica play at this level, to be completely honest with you. Completely dominant, and um, with the exception of a couple of 10-minute spells where it was somewhat even, Befica were never in any trouble in this match, and I thought against an opponent the caliber of Ajax, you know, a youth system that's as strong as theirs is, this is a real, real uh, telling uh, performance and the Befica staff and players should be very happy with this performance as they move on to the final to take on Real Madrid of course and the quote that's here on UEFA.com from the, the manager from the coach Luis Castro um, he said this in his post game interview and this is in English I think this was translated to English but as it is posted on UEFA.com he says, I think we did very well, Luis Castro says. I can't remember Ajax getting any clear chances. We were very good both in possession and when they were playing at pace. They knew we they knew how Ajax played, how I, I how Ajax players are very smart and adapted to everything. Is what uh Castro says here. So he is commending his players. When he says they, he's talking about his players. This is one of the issues with translating and having things done by translators. Um, they, I wouldn't have used they in this statement to translate what he said because it almost sounds like he's talking about Ajax. But he's talking about, he, in English, we would say we when talking you know, about our own team this way. But he's saying we knew how Ajax played, how Ajax players are very smart. And we adapted to everything is how I'm interpreting this quote. And yes, I talked about Ajax's inability to adapt. Mefica adapts very well. Um, they have players. I what I like in this this squad is you have players who are versatile. Okay, you have a a a Tiago Araujo who can play both as a left back and as a right forward or as a left-sided midfielder. He can play anywhere essentially down either flank. Okay, he he is a player with a bright future. He's another one I could see having a shot someday at at getting into the first team. If not in our first team, I think this is a guy that is going to play at a high level somewhere because he can play on either side of the pitch and he can do the entire corridor. 
Okay, he can defend. He defends well. He attacks well. He shoots very well. He's a guy that can score and defend. He's got good lungs, and as long as he's someone who can stay fit, he can be a, a, a absolutely phenomenal wingback. Or he can even be in a, a player, you know, in midfield or attack. I'm really interested to see how he develops. I really like what I saw from him in these first two matches, and he's he shows the versatility that that I'm uh, talking about when I talk about Benfica's ability to adapt and versatility. You also got a guy like uh, you got a guy like João Pereira who's not going to set the world on fire with his play, but you know what? In two match, he can play. He's shown in the last two matches that he can play either right back or left back and can switch between them with relative ease. He plays just as well on his left foot as he does on his right. Um, he defends well. I think there's there's going to be a place on some team somewhere for this player, I think, at a high level, whether it be in the, the Liga Nage or whether it be in, in another competition in Europe somewhere. I think this guy is going to have a career. Because he can do those, he he's the type of player you want in your roster. He may not even start; like he may never be a starter at the top level. But he's the kind of guy you want on your roster because players are going to go down, and he can play two or three positions also. And you want to be you want players that you can slot in in emergencies. Those type of players will stay employed in this game. Um, Gonzalo Ramos also high work rate. Okay, even when he's not getting the ball, he's opening space for his teammates. He showed in the last match he has ability to drop into the in between, you know, in between space between the the line, the other team's lines, the other team's defense and midfield. He's got the ability to distribute. He's got the ability to score. I think he's through these two matches for me. He is the top prospect in this team. Um, He's shown. He's also shows to be, to me at least, the most ready to make the jump to the senior level. Um, perhaps, perhaps he could spend some more time in the B team just to continue playing and to keep his reps going, because he is going to be have a he is going to be having a hard time to find minutes in the first team. He's the kind of player maybe you bring up to play. You on the weekends before a Champions League match, or to bring in 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 cup games, whether it's the Taça de Portugal or the League Cup, you can give him minutes in those games. I think he's someone. If you're George Jesus, you're monitoring very closely. And the moment you have an injury and you need a uh, you need to rotate in a, a forward, that's your guy right there. And I, he's shown with what he did this past season in limited minutes that he can be of use to the first team. And I think he I rate him the highest in these two matches so far. And I think he has the most to, the he has the best tool set. And I think he's the most ready to make the jump. Umaru Imbalo coming back, like I said. Uh, off injury. If this guy stays healthy, sky's the limit for this kid. He is he is fantastic. To me, Tiago Dantes again is, is is a is a disappointing is a little bit of a disappointment. Okay, maybe I'm being too hard on him, but but he's somebody who's been, you know, somebody who's been elevated and who's been hyped, and maybe that's working against him. But he's the captain of this team. Okay. I don't care that he's small. That that means nothing to me. Claude Mekalele was one of the strongest midfielders that ever played the game, and he's my height at about five foot six. Okay, I don't care how how tall you are. What I'd like to see from Thiago Dantes, I got to see him getting into spaces better. I got to see him showing up for the ball more, getting into spaces where he can receive the ball. I want to see him turning, and I want to see him distributing. And he makes a lot of square passes, a lot of safe square passes where he's facing. And he's got the ability to do more. I don't know if he's being coached to play this way. Okay. I don't know if his confidence is, is a little down given that he hasn't played in months. But he started last last season. He was called into the first team's preseason camp. And now I believe that that call up was incredibly premature. And that was done by Luis Felipe Vieta's marketing scheme to try to build the profile of this youth player um, because he showed he was not ready to play at the senior level, especially in the first team at that point last season. And he was quickly returned to the B team and to the youth team. But I'd like to see him working more in the in the area between the lines also. I'd like to see him getting forward a little bit more, more than just standing in a position, you know, holding, cutting off a passing lane, and when he gets the ball, just making the simple pass. Um, I hope 
this isn't being taken as me being down on the player. I think there's a player there. I mean, his his ability is second to none, and there's so much natural talent in that player. He just needs to be, I think, guided a little bit more, and he needs to be nurtured into a position that better suits his skill set. He he looks like someone who would be a true ten, which we don't really use. Okay, and on the first team, you know, we use a holding mid in a box to box. He's not really either of those. But I, I don't see him making the first team anytime soon, to be completely honest. And I hope people don't take that the wrong way. I think he's got a long way to go. I think he could get there because, like I just said, he's got amazing talent. But he needs to progress, and I think he needs to put in – he's got only got 44 matches on the B team. When Elder – Christian used to be the B team manager, okay? When we had guys like Andre Gomes and we had Jean Cancelo and Bernardo Silva and Renato Sanchez and those guys in the B team, the belief was that they needed 100 games in the B team at the second division before they were ready to make the jump. I tend to agree with that in most cases, okay? In most cases. Now, could some of those players have made the jump? Obviously, look at what they've gone on to become. But... In most cases, it's better to slow it than to bring a guy up too soon because if Duntish goes up too soon and he doesn't play, we've seen what's happened to Jota in the last season and a half. Okay, Jota should have not gone up to the first. I think it's safe to say at this point he should not have gone up to the first team when he did. Um, it was a little bit out of desperation, but last season he should have been in the B team accumulating lots of minutes, getting lots of reps rather than... What what became an on-running joke where Jota comes off the bench in the 90th minute every game and he gets 30 appearances with a total of 35 minutes played all season. or so You know, a ridiculous stat line like that. So I'd like to see that not be the path for Thiago Dantes. All right, again, B team, loan to another first division team. Bring him in. Take the time it takes to develop. Players do not all develop at the same pace. Okay, Renato Sanchez and João Felix are are rare occasions. Okay, those are once in a in a in a generation, if you will. Especially the way both of those guys just just progressed through and then went into the first team and just you know just completely exploded on the scene. Different players are gonna are going to develop at different paces. Um, I think that. Thiago Dantes has the ability to be a late bloomer, someone who will who will reach his potential and maybe finally break in closer to like 22, 23 years of age versus the 20-year-old um, because I think he, he's going to grow into his body still. He's a late bloomer, I think, physically. I think you can see that. And I'm not saying he's going to get tall, but he's going he's gonna to fill out and he's going to get quicker, okay? He is going to get quicker. He's going to get faster, more explosive. And I think you'll see a much better player when his body catches up to his his foot skills, okay? And um, obviously, as long as he takes care of himself, stays healthy, there's a bright future for, for Thiago Dantes somewhere also. Okay, I'm going to wrap it up there. Um, this has been... It's been a... I've, if you... Disclaimer, I recorded this this episode almost immediately after recording episode 77, which I dropped earlier this morning. So it is now after midnight, August the 26th, here in uh, the United States on the East Coast. It is 12.28 a.m. to be exact, and I'm getting up early in the morning to take my four-year-old son to the beach. All right, so I am going to call... I'm going to cut this episode short right here. I think we've gone quite a while. I think we've covered this match. In pretty good detail. And I will be back with you on Thursday with a little bit of a co-production. Okay, it's going to be a Mr. Benfica episode 79 slash Parking the Bus PTV Network UEFA Youth League review show. Okay, where I will talk about the final. All right, we can't avoid it anymore. We're going to have to talk about it. And I do have some strong opinions. Okay. And I have some strong opinions of things that have unfolded since the match concluded some hours ago. And, um, well, I think I'm going to probably cool off in the next 24 hours, but maybe not. So stay tuned to this feed here and see what that sounds like um, sometime Thursday when I come to you with a 
another episode reviewing the UEFA Youth League final between Befica and Real Madrid U19, of course, as we are limping somewhat towards the finish line of this 2019-2020 season, the podcast season. I can see the finish line now. I'm turning the final corner as we have that episode and then a 89-90 review. And maybe if there is a big splash signing between now and then, maybe an extra episode to talk about a certain signing if if it happens. Um, not even gonna say names or nationalities. Who knows? Who knows what's gonna happen in the next uh, in the next week to two weeks? The league kicks off after the international break, so there is a FIFA international break uh, the weekend of September the sixth, I believe. So. Um, the following weekend, the Portuguese league, the Liga Nage, will kick off. Of course, we don't have a, we don't have a calendar. We don't have match times. We don't even know what teams are going to play in the first division yet, because the <laughs> the case involving Vitória Stubal still hasn't even been resolved or even come close to being resolved. So we'll have to wait and see. And unfortunately, Portuguese football is not like you know German football or or English football where they already know. Where they're playing, they have the 30... <laughs> Germany especially has, you know, the entire season planned out already. Dates, times, you name it. Um, we don't have that in Portugal. So it's going to be a wait-and-see kind of thing. But I will be back, like I said, on Thursday with episode 79 to talk about the final of this UEFA Europa League. Thank you for listening. This has been Mr. Benfica, episode 78. I am the Mr. Mike Agustinho signing off here on the PTB. Media Network.